Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Friday, December 15th, I think, edition of SWAT Radio. I'm David Gray, and I am joined today by Brian Andrew, who is one of my fellow SWAT brothers. And uh, Brian, welcome. I think this is your first time in studio. Second time, Second time. I'm sorry. That's all right. And uh, I'm here on the 16th, even if you're here on the 15th. Is it the 16th? I told you I was frazzled before we came on. Yeah. It is Friday, it is the 16th, and we are live here in Jacksonville, Florida. And Brian, it's it's great to have you here. Thank you. It was good seeing you yesterday, Panera. We got a few guys together and that Thursday morning, 6.30 a.m., and uh, it was it was good to catch up and yep. read God's Word. Yeah, Always is. For those of you who haven't listened for a while or maybe new to SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and the radio program was born out of Uh, SWAT Bible studies that occur in and around the Jacksonville area, uh, led by Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. Doug has been leading these studies for, gosh, it's got to be the last 10 to 12 years, somewhere in that neighborhood. And um, Doug exposits God's Word, kind of one verse at a time, one section of Scripture at a time. And we've been in the book of Acts here now for a while. And and today we're going to finish up this week on Acts chapter 19. Um, SWAT is built on the pillars of of God's Word, of prayer, of evangelism, discipleship, and community. I may not have got that order exactly right as the pillars appear on the T-shirts, but <laughs> I think I got all five of them. And if, if you ever want to join a men's Bible study, if you're not part of one, we'd love to have you at one of the SWAT weekly studies. Uh, we're on a little break right now for the holidays, but we'll pick up again in January. And you can go to SWATradio.com to get more information on the location and times of the various studies, and uh, there's information there on how to get in touch with with Doug um, if you have questions about the study. So, Brian, now that we get that kind of some housekeeping stuff out of the way, we were talking before we came on the air. We're we're a week away from Christmas. It's hard to believe, and uh, the countdown is yes. on. Are, are you ready? No, no. <laughs> I hope I hope you weren't expecting yes, but no, I'm not. I tell you this this season for me, I have to admit, is stressful. Those first ten days, especially, mm-hmm. and and I'm wondering if I make it stressful or whatever. So I've been looking for ways to kind of de-stress. Sometimes work with clients saying, hey, we need a bid response due January 1st or whatever. You know, that kind of stuff contributes to it. But um, it can be stressful. I don't know. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I, I I am right there with you. In our business, year-end is a is a very busy time of yes, year. no kidding. And the work combined with – all the things that seem to get added to your calendar around the holidays can produce stress. And I, I, I don't think that's an accident. We were talking about this before we came on as well. Remember, the enemy is out to distract us and frustrate us and maybe 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 make us too busy yeah. to, to reflect on, on yeah. what this is all really about. And um, so, yeah, I've always struggled with it as well, even though I love this time of year and I love Me Christmas. Too. Of course. Um but it is a it is a struggle um, at times. So. You know, I'll tell you one thing I had to do about three or four years ago uh, was realize I'm not going to mail out 60 you know Christmas cards anymore. I mean, it spent I spent about two and a half hours once trying to get the labels through and print out right. And, and they it was all jammed up. And I said, why am I stressing out here? Yep. So, 
instead, uh, my wife and I uh, put decorations up, do it together, and and we make a good team. And and so now I'm at a spot where I'm really relaxed about that. But I'm glad she's the gift buyer because uh, I don't have many days left to yeah. Yeah. get the rest of the gifts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good that's a good point about the Christmas cards. I joke that. We do a Christmas card about once every five Christmases. Okay, that's right. <laughs> and I and I and I do I do have a hard time with that with myself sometimes because I do think at times you know a Christmas card of course can be yes a great way to convey the gospel message you know in a in a succinct way absolutely and and especially to be able to send them to to unbelieving friends absolutely and, and so I I I get irritated with myself sometimes at my lack of um, preparedness for that or my lack of uh, getting that done. And, um, but I, I, I do have a couple that I'm trying to send out to a few specific people. And uh, I was, I was, I always struggle with, um, you know, when you've got a short space, kind of what to, what to put there. And I'm always asking God, you know, bring, bring to my mind a good verse or, you know, there's all the traditional right. kind of, I hate to say traditional because all, all scripture is God breathed, but familiar passages about Christmas. But I, I was thinking about this one the other day, and I realized we don't think about the book of Galatians too often when it comes to Christmas, right? No, but, no, I don't, yes. But, but Galatians um, 4.4 4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, and then verse 5, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons mm-hmm. wow. and daughters, of That's course. That's powerful. But, but there's the gospel Yes, in, a, in, in two verses, right? Right. That, that, that in the right, at the, just the right time, yes. God sent Jesus to be born of a woman, to be born as a man, right. born under the law, yeah. meaning he had to fulfill the law in order to you know, That's be powerful. right with God. And yeah. he's the only one that did, of course. People always say, can you earn your way to heaven? Well, yeah. One person did it. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, <laughs> right? earned, he earned it he for He did me. it, right. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and and he rede- he was under the law as our representative, kept it perfectly, died as the perfect sacrifice to redeem those of us who are under the curse of the law. Right. To be adopted as God's sons. And I thought, Amazing. wow, that's Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. You're <laughs> yeah. right. You know, a couple of us guys in the neighborhood Tuesday got together, and and we do this routinely, and uh, and so we were talking about Matthew and Luke and reading the account of the of the Christmas story again, and it's really exciting. I think David, if you view it as just yesterday's news as opposed to it happened two thousand years ago, right? Right. And so we read it completely believing, and and it is amazing. You know, the connection there. Can't, don't have time for all of it, obviously, but Zacharias and Elizabeth and. And and then the baby leapt when when mm. Mary came, and then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and 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 so that that you know John the Baptist would pave the way and also validate you know who Jesus is and how all this was set up. And Joseph, you know, and whenever there was a need for great faith, an angel or an angel in a dream was right there to help yeah. pull these people along. But it had to be supernatural. It had to be like it was to to just be as dramatic and and why we celebrate it 2000 years later. Yep. Yep. And, um, similar to what you said, you guys were just reading it together on Sunday, um, afternoon in my neighborhood. Yeah. Some guys, including our buddy, Don, Don, uh, who goes, Don and I, we, I I told you, you've heard me use this line. It's actually Don's line. Don and I both live in the same neighborhood about a quarter of a mile apart. And we didn't know each other till we went on a mission trip 
with SWAT guys to the, to the Philippines in 2018. <laughs> right, and right. Don says we had to go halfway around the world to find out we live uh, a few hundred yards apart. But well, uh, And he just got his passport stamped again, didn't he? Didn't he just he come did. back he from went halfway around the world? He yeah. did. He okay. was part of the Israel trip, yep. But uh, he, he and some others on his street, and I'm on a street right off of theirs, um, they organized. They did this last year. I couldn't go last year, but it's just on the common area there uh, in the neighborhood um, they're just organizing a time of carols right. and yeah. re- and reading yeah. the scriptures. That's right. Just reading the Christmas account. Yes. In the scriptures and letting that just to to Doug's point, that is what Doug always says: putting God on display. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, I think you know, you, again, you and I were talking about with all the busyness, how do we prepare our hearts? And I think that's what you said you did with your friends in the neighborhood is, and mm-hmm. what we're doing Sunday. That's. Yeah. The way you do it, and I know you had a, an experience yeah. this morning that kind of got you in there, oh, you got know, your heart prepared as well. Well, well, it, it was, and and I, and I do think it probably relates to some of the scripture we'll read in a minute. But you know, and, and, and as a backdrop, you know, there's been times when I would just almost um, speak to God, almost like in a taunting way, like God, I'm not even active. I'm just on the bench. You're not using me. What can I be doing for your glory? <laughs> Show me where you're at work. I want to do your work. And then I got a riveting response, a thought from the Holy <laughs> Spirit, and it was the following. Until you're in my word, I can't use you. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow. And he caught me right between the eyes. I was doing convenient little 10-minute devotionals, whatever, shallow kind of stuff. But but if we can't repeat and share God's word, we're not going to be as effective if it's not at the forefront because he'll bring that forward. And so it was so convicting. I thought, oh, okay. And so I started reading through the Bible in that case got into the very dry parts of the Old Testament, and then God put a Jew in my path, and we started talking, and he prayed his first prayer with me at one point. So it was amazing how God would deliver on me just getting saturated in his word. But today, you're right about that. I was at the gym. I'd seen a guy I hadn't talked to in a while, and he said, uh, uh, I said, how's it going? He goes, ah, everything's bad. I go, what do you mean? He goes, all the news, have you seen about it? And it was just going to drag me down and had to empathize, of course, with him to be polite. But then we brought the conversation back to, you know, but but we're, the kingdom as a Christian is Jesus' kingdom, and that's a heavenly kingdom. And do not worry. Do not let your hearts be troubled, John 14, 1. And then what surprised me is this guy had no idea. I've known him for 10 years, started reciting the rest of that, John 14, 1. And then we both started talking the way, the truth, and the life. And it, and we left with a big smile on our face. And going into that, did yeah. you know that he was? no. A believer? No, I never did because we okay. talk about the safe sure. sports sure. and I've newscast done, yeah. and I then move, move on and go do our do our yeah. stuff. Yep. Uh, and so this time it was tremendous to know that he knows his Bible very well. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. You know, encourage one another. Yeah. You know, two are better than one. I, I think he needs an invitation to SWAT. Don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's great. That's a great story. And I think that, you know, Brad always says the word has to go through us before yeah. it can come out of us yes. effectively yeah. and 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 be impactful to others and 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 so much of what Doug's been ta- teaching in the last several weeks about about living boldly speaking biblically sharing inclusively oh, all yeah. those things oh, yeah. uh, trust suffering suffering trustingly i i got that fourth one wrong the other yeah. day yeah all of those things are predicated on us knowing the word and being in the word Amen. and god changing us through that's the right. word. So. That's right. Well, as usual, the first 15 minutes flies by. We're going to take our first break. 
Uh, give us a call at any time during the program at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment. And we will be right back to get back into Acts chapter 19 and wrap up the week. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here and come back after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brian Andrew, happy to be with you here on Friday as we wrap up the week on SWAT Radio. And Brian, I've I've said all the times I've been here recently, I hate to interrupt the Christmas lead-in music uh, when we come back on. Uh, I'd like to, I'd always like to listen to it a little longer, and maybe some of the listeners would rather listen to the music than have it be interrupted. <laughs> that was, that but, was good stuff. I but agree. That's yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Joy to the world. And, you know, we, we mentioned our friend Don just having got back from Israel, and Doug's been talking about the fact that, um, you know, they just completed the Israel trip. Now, have you been? I, I know you I did. You, uh, I did about five years okay. ago. Yep, okay. 2017 trip. Okay. And I know where you're going to maybe mention it a little bit later. You just had an incredible trip earlier this oh, year. Oh, I did. Two, and, mo- two months ago. Exactly. And we're actually in yeah. uh, in Ephesus. So, um, But on on our Israel trip, and maybe you did the same, when we went to the shepherd's field um, right mm-hmm. outside of Bethlehem. Yes. And it's a it's a field that um, they've excavated some some ruins there, and they're, they're pretty sure that that was a kind of a field that the, the shepherds would have been in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, I think they think it looks very similar today, yeah. even though the areas around right. it have right. been built up. Um, and there's a couple of things that struck me about that when I was there. First of all, the the... the the Christmas Carol that was Joy to the World, but we sang "Hark the Herald Angels Sing" in the cave that was uncovered there. There's yes. a cave at the yeah. Shepherd's Field that Doug sure. took us in, and um, Doug was explaining that cave is probably right 
what Jesus was, not that particular cave necessarily, but a cave like that right. is probably wh- where he was born. Yeah. And, um, but singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing oh, in a field that. that if it wasn't the exact field, it was right there where the shepherds were that night. Right. And singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing in that cave. And then thinking about also the proximity of that field to Bethlehem mm-hmm. and also to Jerusalem. Jerusalem mm-hmm. is not just a few miles away, you know, yes. a number, you know, probably 10 or 12 miles away. Right. And the fact that the Bible says the skies were filled with the heavenly host and the angels, but only the shepherds mm-hmm. could see it. Yeah. Even though right. there were people pretty close by yeah. and only the shepherds saw it. And God chose just to reveal this to the, to the shepherds, the lowliest Absolutely. of the low. Just like he chose Mary. Right. And exactly. said, I choose you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Anyway, just had that thought as we were listening to Joy to the World and we had been talking about Israel. Well, but Christmas is coming, so is. What, what do you kind of do to get ready for it in your house? Yeah, David? we, we uh, I've got two grandchildren now, so oh, that, that makes, it, that makes yes. it special. And uh-huh. I, I feel like I've crossed over into true grandparenthood because my son and his wife, the first several years they were married, um, everybody comes to our house and sleeps over at our house on Christmas Eve. We go right. to church. We have right. we go out to eat. We come back to our house, and we're at our house on Christmas morning. And even the first couple of years that my grandson, who's four, right. was around, that was the case. But now they have two. My granddaughter is two and a half. My grandson is four and a half. And it's just easier to be at their house. So yes. we go down yeah. to their house on Christmas Eve. Where is St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Yep. Okay, good. Yep. And um, – We'll go to church with them. They go to a Good News Church there in uh, St. Okay, Augustine. Sure. And um, and uh, we'll come back to their house and sleep over their house. It's just easier with the kids, oh, you know, yeah. being up oh, early yeah. and everything. Right. But but it seems like yesterday to me that my grandparents were sleeping at my house when I was a kid. And we always had a hard time getting oh, my yeah. grandfather out of bed in the, on Christmas morning. Yes. And we're all down there chomping at the bit to open right. presents, and he's lollygagging, you know. Yeah. Oh, and my yeah. grandmother's yelling <laughs> at him. Now I'm there. So. Uh huh. And now, how about you guys? What will you do for Christmas? Well, um, we had a, uh, a a good Thanksgiving with my two boys, um, but now my youngest, because he is uh, married, you know, he's going to go down to South Florida. So we'll have. Um, Though my my in laws over, which would be great, and and they'll spend a couple nights with us, uh, and then we'll have my my oldest son, so that'll be great. And you know, uh, my wife really, uh, Angel, she jumped on the decorations uh, hard this year and spurred me on. Equivalent, we hosted a Christmas party already for our Sunday school class. Oh, so that's great. We feel a discipleship group. We feel like we're um, you know kind of prepared in that in that sense. And uh, I got a few more things to um, to shop for, but all in all, it's good. Yeah. Well, uh, Jeremy just informed me that uh, we have a call with a co- caller with a comment and a question, and it's it's Brad. Is it the Brad? Let's find out. Put him on. Hi, hi Brad. I don't have any. <laughs> hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Uh, thank you for uh, telling us your real name and for not disguising your voice and asking some ridiculously difficult theological question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to I'm actually making my way through Atlanta right now. And you guys both know this, you know, when you come through Atlanta, you just you know what to expect. It yes. doesn't matter what time of the day it is. It could be four in the morning and you're going to hit traffic. And so uh, 
I thought, you know what? SWAT's going on. I think I'll tune in and just give these guys a hard time. <laughs> well, how is your trip going? It's going well. In fact, I've I've got my mother-in-law sitting right next to me. She's uh she she's already been on the radio once today. I don't know if you guys know this. Brian, you may know this that Leah, you know, my yes. daughter who lives in Nashville, right. has a radio program every every morning and so I had, in fact, uh, my mother-in-law and I both had the privilege of going in and getting on the air with her for I an hour. I did not know she was doing it so, every morning. How uh, cool. So many, That's neat. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I was thinking, well, how many people get to be on two different radio programs <laughs> a day? <you> know? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Well, the real question then, Brad, is not to you how the trip is going. It's it's really to your to your mom in law how the trip is going. Is is she is she handling you okay? Is she putting up with you okay? I don't know. You want to answer it's, that? It's a tough call, but uh, no, he, it's been great. He's he's a uh, joy to be around. I have to be honest. He, he, I, I guess I'm a keeper every once in a while. Uh, well, wow. is is he having to stop every thirty minutes for a bathroom break though? <laughs> took a salt bath together in the Dead Sea. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That might be, that might be a topic for another program. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Uh, That's funny. Yeah. Brad and I, Uh, Brad and I didn't, Brad and I weren't sure if we were going to make it out of the Philippines and people have probably heard this story before, but the very, very high-level story is we get to the airport. Brad and I are riding in the van with all the luggage, so we're the only two passengers other than the two <laughs> drivers. Yeah, yeah. And the van gets pulled over right outside the Manila airport, and we're on the side of the road for 45 minutes, huddled oh. in the back of this jeepney or whatever they called them with all the luggage, not not sure if we were going to be on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> or, or what, but uh, we, we made it, but... Uh, Brad, that we, we we had a lot of a lot of time to talk on that trip. You know, David, I was thinking, yeah, we that was within two hours of us landing in Manila, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're right. You know, had that happened, had that happened like four days in, we'd have been, oh, this is no big deal. But we're 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 two hours into our trip, at least into our time in uh, the Philippines. I'm thinking, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. This well, could be interesting. Well. Uh, we 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 had to put our money where our mouth was and trust that God was going to get us through that and that we were going to be able to do what we were there for. But it, it wound up, aside from that little blip, it wound up being a great trip. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely was an amazing trip. And, Brian, I, you know, over the last couple of weeks, having been back on the air talking to Doug about Israel, it just made me think about it. I want to go back and uh, – Maybe uh, maybe the three of us could just – maybe our wives would give us a pass and let us go, just the three of us. Yeah, good. Yep, that, that would be – I'd love to go back too because I, I think we've all said 
when you go that first time, it is fantastic. But it's, to yeah. use the phrase, it's like drinking from a fire hose and you're getting so much. Yes. And I would love to go back and now ha- have, you know, see it maybe from a different perspective, having been right. there and, and maybe not be quite as overwhelmed, although I'm yeah. sure I would be overwhelmed again in, in a good way, but not be quite as overwhelmed as I was on the first trip and able to to notice more and maybe take a little bit more in. Would you camp out in a field like the shepherds did beneath the stars? If I got the chance to camp out and it was, you know, relatively safe, I certainly would. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I certainly would. Well, Can I, let me ask let me ask you guys a question. I mean, it's not related. To, I mean, it could be related to Israel, but I was, uh, in fact, sitting here next to my mother-in-law. Uh, we were having a conversation a couple of days ago with one of her friends, and I, we got on the topic of, you know, the knowledge. You know, our our study of the Word should reveal or should develop in us a a heart of worship. And I, David, I was listening to you talk about being in those shepherd fields, I think, you know, whether it's traveling to Israel or just time in the Word, uh, especially around Christmas time, the more we know about who God is, the more it should produce in us a heart of worship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Would, do you, you guys agree with that, I'm assuming? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A- absolutely. When we, when I start to and I say this with all humility, I hope, because I, there's so much I don't understand and can't grasp, of course, about God. Um, but there's a lot we can grasp because he's revealed it to us. And when we start to really realize who we are and the condition that we were in apart from him, and then start to wrap our heads around what he's done for us mm-hmm. and the cost of that. Right. It has to produce a heart of worship, and yet I know that my sinfulness and my fallenness and flawedness, you know, gets in the way of that a lot of times. But you're absolutely right. It should absolutely produce that response. That's so, right. Anyway, Brad, we're coming up to the break, and you know Jeremy's got his face pressed up against the glass here, banging on the glass for us to make sure we hit the break. So have a great rest of the trip, and we'll see you when you get back. Yeah, can't wait to meet your mother-in-law, too. All right. See you, Brad. Bye. Thanks, Brad. We are going to break here at the bottom of the hour for the news on SWAT Radio. Uh, David Gray and Brian Andrew, and thanks, Brad, for for calling in and for listening. And uh, great to have your mother-in-law on the air as well. We're going to be back after the news on SWAT Radio, and we're going to dive into Acts 19. Come on back. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. Glad you are with us here on the 
second to last Friday before Christmas. Next uh, Saturday, I guess, right, is a week from tomorrow is Christmas Eve. And we're glad you're with us. We're, we've been, <clears throat> this week, Doug's been teaching on uh, Acts chapter 19, verses 21 through the end of the chapter, which I believe is verse 41. And the theme of the week um, is how the Word of God triumphs. And um, what we've been doing on Fridays, uh, those of you who have been regular listeners may know this, and those of you who have not listened to before or, or who have joined recently, on Fridays, and this was uh, Brad's kind of idea and format, but we've been trying to approach the text just from a little different um, structural approach or, or, or means of studying it um, to try to model what it might look like if if any of our listeners were, A, studying the word themselves or more importantly, discipling someone and using uh, a format by which um, both parties, uh, you and the person you're discipling, could read the text and then use these four questions uh, and make answers and notes to the four questions and then get together to discuss them. And the four questions that we've been using are, you know, what stands out at you from the text? What really jumps out? Um, with whom in the text do you identify and, and why? Um, what does the text uh, teach us about God? What does it teach us about people? And then finally, the proverbial, so what? Uh, how can we live differently? How can we be impacted personally? And how can we make an impact in the world because of what we've learned in that in this particular passage of Scripture? So on Fridays, we've been trying to go through the text and go through those questions as a format, hopefully uh, being helpful to those listening for your own study and certainly for uh, a discipleship study. So we are going to read um, the text in in its entirety now and then and then jump into those questions. So, Brian, why don't you, as we talked about, why don't you read, uh, it's Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 21, and read through uh, 31, and I'll pick it up in verse 32. Good. Happy to do that. And, you know, when I think of the book of Acts, right, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, through the disciples. I think that really completes it for me. And I got that from another commentator, but, you know, and, and as your opening comment, you know, in verse 20, which leads right into this, the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. And that was the summary of this, right? And so it's good to see winning. Of course, we know God won in the end and is always winning, but when you're looking at all the obstacles Paul and others faced, it's nice to know that the word of the Lord was growing mildly and prevailing as God intended. Okay, verse 21. Now, after these things were finished, Paul purposed in the spirit to go to Jerusalem after he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time there occurred no small disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who had made silver shrines of Artemis, was bringing no little business to the craftsmen. Those he gathered together with the workmen of similar trades and said, Men, you know that our prosperity depends upon this business. You see and hear not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a considerable number of people, saying that gods made with hands are no gods at all. Not only is there danger that this trade of ours fall into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess 
Artemis be regarded as worthless, and that she whom all of Asia and the world worship will even be dethroned from her magnificence. When they heard this and were filled with rage, they began crying out, saying, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! The city was filled with the confusion, and they rushed with one accord into the theater, dragging along Gaius and Arsarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. And when Paul wanted to go into the assembly, the disciples would not let him. Okay, I'll pick up there in verse 31. And even some of the Asiarchs, who were friends of his, said to, sent to him and were urging him not to venture into the theater. Now some cried out one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know why they had come together. Some of the crowd prompted Alexander, whom the Jews had put forward, and Alexander, motioning with his hand, wanted to make a defense to the crowd. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, for about two hours they all cried out with one voice, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. And when the town clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, who is there and who does not who is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple keeper of the great Artemis and of the sacred stone that fell from the sky? Seeing then that these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rash, for you have brought these men here who are neither sacrilegious nor blasphemers of our goddess. If therefore Demetrius and the craftsmen with him have a complaint against anyone, the courts are open, and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you seek anything further, it shall be settled in the regular assembly. For we really are in danger of being charged with rioting today, since there is no cause that we can give to justify this commotion. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. May God bless the reading of his word. So, that is a long passage, and there's a lot of stuff there, boy. Yeah, there's a right. lot of stuff. Now, before we even get into it, I want to give you a chance to talk about the fact that you were in Ephesus not too long ago. Oh, that, that's right. Just uh, in October, I was in Ephesus. Who knew I'd be on a radio show today and uh-huh. be able to talk about it? So the tour we took, of course, Ephesus is no longer a seaport. I think you've heard Doug say that silt and everything else blocked that off. So it doesn't have water access, which contributed to its decline. But at the time, it would be the Roman capital of Asia. So it was the crossroads. So if you're going to infect somebody, whether it's a disease like COVID or you're going to infect them with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Ephesus would be the town you'd want to catch on fire because people would be passing through there. And at the time, um, it, it said that one of the ancient wonders, one of the seven ancient wonders of the world was really this temple of Artemis. Now it didn't look, doesn't look like it today because it's been raided and people taken stones and everything else, but it still remains, um, the footprint and everything, but it was the size of a soccer field. So we got world cup going on, you know, so it was that big and it's dimension, 125, uh, marble pillars. So quite an event there. And but yes, that was the context and what makes this exciting. And I was reading Acts, you know, through, throughout the trip and right. just relating right. it to Athens as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, that must. So and there's nothing like like we've said this about Israel, and I'm sure you felt the same way about being in Ephesus. There's nothing like being in the geographical location right. where these things uh, took place yeah. to help you have a better understanding and yes. appreciation. That was the thing I remember the most about Israel. I just, I'll never read the scriptures the same way again 
like when it would say, oh, and when they went to Capernaum or when they went to Jerusalem or Bethsaida. Right. I, I never really thought too much about it. But now you see how much the geography and the, the place affects what yeah. was happening. And for me, the Garden of Gethsemane yeah. was so powerful yeah. with those old you know, olive trees That's and right. then looking down over the valley and into the temple. Yeah. And probably the garden probably mm. hasn't changed that much. No. You know? No. Maybe the trees are a little different or grown yeah. up, yeah. but essentially I think it probably hasn't changed that much. So anyway, uh, getting into our first question after we read that text, Brian, I'll, I'll put this one to you and let you jump in. Sure. What what stands out to you in that text? Probably a few things because yeah. it's a yeah. long passage. A- absolutely. What stands out quickly is that uh, there occurred no small disturbance concerning the way. And it's probably good to think, well, what is the way, right? And and little trivia question, perhaps for another caller, I thought about asking Brad this one, but uh, uh, where does the way first surface in the book of Acts, the reference to the way, you know, and maybe we'll get a caller with that one. We'll, we can come back to that in a minute. But, <clears throat> you know, just as um, we were saying today, you know, one of the memory verses for all of us is uh, 14.6 in the book of John, right? You know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Right. No right. one comes to the Father except through me. And Thomas asked the question beforehand, you know, well, how do we know the way? And so while, you know, there's like seven I am statements, right, in John, this is not really a metaphorical one like some of the others. I am the bread and right. everything else. I right. am the vine. This one is real and we can take yeah. it. Exactly. Literal. Yeah. So the... The notion the way is consistent with how Jesus proclaimed it, and and that that's I think comforting to me. Yeah, yeah, yep, that's very good. I, I, one of the things that jumped out to me was this whole episode with Demetrius, yeah, and about his concern about the loss of income. Right, he's clearly concerned that because yeah. Paul is preaching the truth, yeah, they're going to lose the income they get for crafting these idols or these trinkets to Artemis or these idols, small statues of Artemis or whatever it was that they were making. Right. They're going to lose that income. And he talks about that initially, you notice in his little diatribe here. Yes. And then he almost like an afterthought throws in to show how religious he is. Right. He throws in, Oh, and by the way, there's a danger that not only this trade of ours might come into disrepute, but that the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing and may even be deposed. Right. Now, that should tell you something right yeah, there. Yeah. Can the real god be deposed yeah. by anything or anyone? Oh, yeah. That's Absolutely a good point. not. Yeah. How, how can God, if Artemis is a deity, how can she be overthrown? How can she be deposed? Yeah. And, and actually, I didn't initially make that in my notes. I just thought <laughs> as we were sitting here. But what I made in my notes was his the order of the way he talks about things, his primary concern is with the loss of income. And self-preservation. And self-preservation. His secondary concern is almost an afterthought. Oh, and by the way, we don't want Artemis right. to be thrown into disrepute. And I thought, you know, he's a non-believer who's an idol worshiper, but yet I do this sometimes Yes, with, with the true God, yeah. right? I I am more concerned about whether it's money or comforts or avoiding pain or whatever it is that I'm more focused on that than on loving God and trusting God and my relationship with God. Absolutely. So we, we saw with the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, you know, them trying to preserve their status, right. And say, no, back in the day of Jesus, it's better for one man to die for the benefit of a nation. Right. Right. They had no idea what that really meant. That was prophetic, but it sure was. Um, 
you know, when you back to what you said here with Demetrius said, gods made with hands are no gods at all. I mean, don't teenagers look at that and go, well, that's stupid. You know, he's saying gods made with hands are no gods at all. Well, that's true, of course. Yeah. But Demetrius is saying, no, that's not true. How can Demetrius argue that gods made by hands are gods? That's right. It's it's ridiculous. It's like the Bible talks in, in another place. that How do you cook your meal and make a fire? You know, worship a piece of wood that's an idol and then use yeah. the same wood to make a fire and cook your meal. I mean, right. right. Yeah. When you yeah. talk about it like that, you see the ridiculousness of it. We're coming up on our last break of the day here on SWAT Radio. We're glad you're with us. Call us at 844-777-7928, and we will be back to wrap up the program right after this. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. David Gray and Brian Andrew here for our last segment of the program, and we're glad you're with us. We have been looking at Acts chapter 19, verses 21 through 41, and kind of going through our Friday format of asking some questions, and the first one being what jumps out at us from the text. And we just want to finish off that question, Brian. I know you had one more thought on that topic about Paul trying to go into the theater after the mob. Yeah, absolutely. So just as you said earlier, you know, um, the the crowd was filled with rage and and, um, Demetrius had had fired him up by saying, hey, Artemis could be compromised. Now, this was, again, one of the seven wonders of the world. So you can imagine how many tourists, if you will, in addition to trade, were coming through there. So Demetrius business and all the craftsmen were benefiting greatly. So this mob, some of which didn't even know why they were there. Paul wants to go out there. Paul is like, I'm ready to go. And I think in verse 30, and I'll read it for those of you that don't have the word in front of you. And when Paul wanted to go into the assembly, the disciples would not let him. And some of the 
Asiarchs, who were friends of his, sent to him and repeatedly urged him not to venture into the theater. So Paul listens to his advisors, the disciples, the um, the community leaders. You know, they act as elders, right? And every you know uh, every pastor knows he needs to listen to elders and listen to wise counsel. So I'm glad to see Paul didn't go in here. That other Christian. Uh, brothers, you know, gave him advice that yeah, made sense. Absolutely. And that the spirit prompted him to your point to listen. Yeah, and that's right. Because Paul probably saw this as, hey, I've got this great audience, this huge crowd in here. Yeah. This is an opportunity to go in and, but, but others saw the danger yeah. there. And, and, and also God clearly had Paul for other things. And yes. And, and let, when you say go in there, let me, let me add to that. That theater, which no. is in existence today, was one of the first things they excavated in the early 1900s, 1910, 1915, something like that. They have been playing concerts in there. It, and I walked that whole theater. It seats 25,000 people. Wow. Wow. And concerts like Elton John, Sting, uh, and uh, Diana Ross, others have been played there. It'd be an amazing venue in 2022. It wow. is a. So it would be the perfect audience, and it's a vertical rise, too, so you get to look down, and everybody had good theater seats, yeah, so to wow. speak. Well, the other thing I found out is that these Asiarchs, who also didn't want Paul to go in, they were local community leaders yeah. who promoted Roman interests. Uh-huh. And it says here, some of the Asiarchs who were friends of Paul. Yeah. So they, this indicates, right, that they knew yeah. that Paul was not a danger— yeah. That he was not a lawbreaker, that he was not a criminal, that right. the message he was preaching was not anti-Rome right. or anything like yeah. that. And remember back a few chapters, Gallio, the proconsul that Paul got hauled in front of, yes. he had basically ruled that Christianity was legal because yes. he ruled it just as another part of Judaism. Of Judaism. Yeah. So um, I thought it was interesting that these Asiarchs appear really on Paul's behalf. The other thing, just as an aside, and we talked about this the other day that jumped out at me, for two hours they screamed, "Right, great is Artemis right. of the Ephesians. We know what it's like to hear a five-minute standing ovation and to think how long that is uh-huh. right. and the stamina of people to keep clapping for five minutes. These people screamed this for two hours. That must have been insane. You think we got any fans this weekend watching World Cup that Maybe. could do that for two uh, hours? I, I, I wouldn't put it past <laughs> soccer fans. I yes. would not put that past <laughs> soccer fans. All right. Well, g- moving on to a couple of these other questions, just quickly, Brian, is there anybody in the text that you particularly identify with? I, I, I think the, uh, I think the uh, what do they call them, the city clerk? I think that's who I identify with. Yeah. I, I'm kind of a, a moderator. You know, if there's confusion, I try and, you know, negotiate or moderate you know things so i think i could see myself being in that role which doesn't get me on one side or the other and trying to like (laughs) hey settle down folks what are we doing here you in that role yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i thought about gaius and and aristarchus as well or gaius and aristarchus just that the the terror they must have felt getting hauled into that theater by a mob like that and we're going to talk a little more about the mob here in a minute yeah but but that must have been truly scary for them and yet they were there in the midst of it. They were they were literally, as Teddy Roosevelt put it, in the arena, right? And they were right. there because they loved the Lord and loved Paul, and um, so they were certainly putting putting their faith on display. Um, the the third question that we've talked about is what is the, what does any passage we study, and of course this passage teach us about people, and what does it teach us about God? So, did you have any thoughts on on that? Oh, I. I do. I think of this mob and how they are filled with rage and how some of them really didn't really know why they were there. 
there's a lot of followers, a lot of sheep following the wrong shepherd out there, right? And right. and so I think we have to recognize that, and and, it, and particularly we see it in a bunch of news channels and everything else. The truth is evasive, but the truth is still the truth. Mm. And so we need to be spiritual leaders and have um, the discernment required, you know, when we're, in every situation we're in. Yeah, I, 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 I like the word discernment that you used. And again, it comes back to a theme we've come back to a lot. Knowing the scriptures yeah. is what, and, and, and having the spirit in us, being filled with the spirit is what gives us discernment, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And you have to know what the Bible says. I love the I love the analogy. Um, and again, you've heard me use the line: "I haven't had an original thought since 1976." <laughs> um, so this is not original with me. But this idea that um, these men who become and women who become experts in locating and tracking counterfeit money, yes, they spend way more time studying real money. Mm-hmm. than they do counterfeit money mm-hmm. so that when they see counterfeit money, they know the real thing so well, yeah. they immediately recognize the counterfeit. And I think that's a great way to think about knowing the scriptures, right. that we that we immerse ourselves in the scriptures so that we can recognize the counterfeit. And really, that's what Satan is. He's a counterfeit. Yes, he is. And he does things that are not so obviously wrong right. that anybody would know it. There's always elements of truth yeah. in what's he put, what he puts out there, but he perverts the truth he and, he, and he lies. And so knowing the scriptures is how we can discern. I had the same thoughts as you about the mob. You know, uh, people are so easily led astray. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Alistair Begg, one of my favorite preachers said this, you know, ignorance breeds confusion. Mm-hmm. And people will believe anything. Right. Right. And, and and they're so easily led astray. And our hearts, because we're sinful and we have a sinful nature, the heart of man is naturally rebellious toward God. Yeah. And and naturally led to believe falsehoods. Yeah. And it's not until God. And, and I think that's what's important for us to remember as believers, that we were in the same boat. Yes. Yeah. And are in the same boat apart from the grace of God and the mercy of God to regenerate our hearts we wouldn't understand either. No, no. And so my wife reminds me of that all the time. You know, if, if, if we, sometimes I'll get aggravated, you know, with somebody not believing or spouting falsehoods. And then I think, well, wait a minute, but they don't know. They don't know the difference. They don't know any better. Yeah. yeah. We should be more patient with lost people. They are lost for a reason. And it's our job to help them along yep. the way. Yep. You know, and, in and, and, and I just said along the way, um, that dovetails to another point here. Um, there was another person that didn't know, was confused, and that was Saul of Tarsus, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where the first mention of the way is because Saul, who, of course, now is Paul, was out trying to persecute the way and round them up and get rid of them and stop it and snub it out and preserve you know, Judaism. And God prevailed yeah. over that yeah. and, and on that Damascus Road experience. And yeah. so we see this life of, of Paul here again just on fire because now he knows the truth. But he was lost yes. before. Yeah, great. That's a great, great point and a great picture of what we were talking about. And then, and then, what does it teach us about God? And I think this is all through the scriptures, right? God is a God of order, not a God of chaos. Mm-hmm. And you know, we look at look at creation, right? Doug referenced this earlier in the week. 
God brought order out of chaos yeah. in creation. Yeah. You know, that the verses that say he was hovering over the waters, hovering over the deep, the earth was void and without oh, yeah. form. Yeah. That language there really means chaos. Right. And, and that he brought order out of chaos. And that um, then in other parts of Scripture, in the New Testament, in Timothy and other places, he's very precise about how he wants to be worshipped. Yes. And the order of worship. And and so these, you know, that's, a, that's I think, a warning to us as believers, yeah. too, that, that worship services should not be chaotic. Right. Sure. They, sure. He's a God of order, and he's prescribed a specific way to be worshipped. It doesn't mean we don't have some liberty in that, yeah. but, but yeah. I just, the truth brings order, I guess, is the uh, point I'm making about what I it, learned about God. No, no, it it does. I, I do like that. And, you know, I've been going through and trying to jot down lately, so it would be this list of why I believe what I believe, right? And while we don't have time for it now, but I look back and I and I conclude this faith in Jesus is so intellectually solid mm. when you break it all down and see everything that supports it and how Old Testament, New Testament, and and certainly we're looking now at the the impact of the of the apostles, you know, from the Holy Spirit right. and and what they're doing and the acts of right. the Holy Spirit through them, and and it just adds time and time again more evidence of what really happened and yep. who Jesus is. Very quickly, yeah. so what out of all this? How do we live differently because we've been in this text? Well, um, there's going to be people out there that don't believe what we believe, right? And and there's a time when you can change their mind, and there's a time when you can't. But if somebody will show a little bit of belief and, and, is, and is coming at it from a position of peace, I think we can really mm. explain to them our faith, and it'll make a tremendous impact in their life. Yep. And unlike Demetrius, right, we need to be prepared to love God yes. more than anything. To love right. God first, and like Jesus said, we, we hate. Not, 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 you know, we, we put God above everything else in our life, and we don't worry about the cost yes. of following the truth. And so. inventory our life for idols. Where are there hidden idols in here in our own life that are in different shapes than them? Well, the, the hour flew by as it usually does. Just want to let everybody know that the next couple of weeks will be replays of the best of SWAT radio. And I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Thank you all for your support and for listening. Have a great uh, Christmas season and New Year. And Doug will be back after the holidays. Check SWATradio.com if you have any further questions or need information. Thanks for listening. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual